It's another glorious Monday. It's another glorious day. Oh, right. That's because the Patriots won, and I got McGarvin here to break it all down for me. We're going to start off. Up, people. Before we get into what the craziness of today was, yesterday, Patriots 26-3 over the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Look, the offense, it may not have been pretty. Nope. This defense is something else. Yeah, the defense is legit. Um, I've been saying since the beginning, I I thought their D-line was – was pretty good and the front seven was better than we've given it credit for but i think at this point we can stop like stop with the caveats i think that that defense is um that defense is legit and i think the biggest surprise might be the the linebacker play it, it's it's good it's, it's good it obviously obviously you need um it could be better but i think right now everyone's kind of slotted into their roles i think juan bentley's that every down um that every down player obviously you don't really want him in space like that but he's been serviceable in that area but um at this point, Jelani Tavai is playing good football. I, I have to stop hating on him, unfortunately. He's a, he's a fun player to hate on because he's just not like an NFL athlete, so he shouldn't be very good. But it, but for the Patriots, in the role they have him, he's like they're keeping him out of obvious mismatches, and as a result, he's playing the best ball of his entire career. So that's great to see. Matt Wilson is slotted into like the that third down kind of role. They even have Jabril Peppers coming in and playing linebacker, and I'm like, all right, I, I kind of see what we're doing. Obviously, the pass rush, you know, Judon and Uche. Have, I mean, Uche's been really coming on the last two weeks, um, and Judon has just been coming on since he got here. So I I, I was very impressed with the defense. It, it was it was quite the showing. Another player I really like on the defense, too, has been Wise. Dietrich Wise has been playing oh really well God, this year right? so far. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, Jalen Mills, too. Yeah, so he's been a little up and down. He's played – um. I thought he played better last year than he has this year. But the last uh, – this week and last week, this week he was really on a tear. I was like, oh, he is like – he is locking dudes down, wagging the finger and, and talking shit. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Mills, go ahead and do your thing. So it's <laughs> nice to see him kind of rebounding. I think his worst game this year was um, against the Bears. I don't know what was going on in the game, but he was like running away from contact. And I was like, oh, what is he doing out there? And he, he was covering like fine. He always covers like – you always, you, you always know you're going to get, like, adequate play from him. At, at the at the worst, he's just going to be solid. Um, but he was, like, avoiding contact, and that was, like, a really rough look. But he's really um, really turned on the last couple of weeks. I mean, this week I was like, wow, he is just locking dudes down. That's what I think more than anything, though, is, like, the Bears game I take as an anomaly because that's just – that's sports where every year, no matter how good or bad you are, yeah, you're always going to have that one game that's just nothing goes right. Now, for bad teams, yep. it's probably going to happen more than once. But for – most middle of the pack teams, like like I said, every sport it happens. Like even yeah. your Celtics are one of the best teams in the NBA. There's going to be a night where they just let up Lay a twenty five point yeah. stinker. Yep, yep. It, that's it. What, absolutely that's, happens. And that was a Bears game. game. I think that's where. Wow. I think that's where. Only because like it was every unit. I know um, that was the game that everyone was big on. Oh, Mac or Zappy, Mac or Zappy. Um, and the entire time I was tweeting, damn, the defense is getting absolutely shredded. They were getting yep. blown off the ball on the line. The, uh, they were bad in, in coverage on the back end. They were bad on, uh, you know, in Chantain. The linebackers couldn't get to where they needed to be. And then the thing that really got me, special teams was atrocious. You're watching uh, Matthew Slater get single teamed, and he's he's losing the matchup. Brandon School is falling to the ground. I'm like, what what is happening? What, this is this is the unit that's, that's supposed to be good. Like no matter what, like this is supposed to be good. And they were bad. I'm like, oh yeah, this is just a, a bad night for everyone. And, and even the Jaquan Brisker interception that Max threw that ultimately got him pulled from the game, I look at that, too, as, like, hey, the, the throw may have been off his back foot a little bit, but at the same time, too, Brisker went up and made a play. So it's like yeah, those yeah. plays you, you can't really be mad about. It's like the Mike yeah. Hyde interception in the playoffs last year. You just look at that yeah, and you're I, like, 
there it's a play. Someone made a play. Someone yeah. did their job. Yeah. The Micah High play is um it's so tough for me because Bills fans like love to like po- put uh, like post it and like oh yeah I remember this and I'm like damn I remember that too and it was awesome because I love Micah High. He's one of my favorite players and I I hate fans to keep bringing that up because I'm like yeah that was pretty sick. Yeah you're right. <laughs> you're right. He yeah. he went up and he made a sick play. Absolutely like great players do that. That you know the first play um he wasn't there and then he was kind of happens kind of happens yeah. but it was one of those nights where because everyone played poor i mean even the running game wasn't really playing well so it's like the fact that everyone played poorly just kind of to me cements like oh, it was just a clunker game like happens happens to everyone yeah like i can even go back to last year and think about the bills game in new england it was another example just a just a clunker but like with this team this year i also got asked a lot about the mac versus zappy and i say it's mac's job because look you don't give up on a first round pick like that if, if mac were i say this myself today because i was like weirdly talking to myself getting ready for this <laughs> talking to you yeah. talking to myself to talk to someone on the internet um but <laughs> if mac was davis mills i think you can make an easier excuse to pull him and start zappy sure. but because sure. mac was 15th overall you got to go with him in the last yeah. two weeks sure he had the interception but as long and he even pointed it out like i like i loved his press conference from yesterday where he was like you know what hey i didn't throw a pick we played yeah. we but we still have to get better i like the fact that they're admitting hey Look, we got the job done. Job done. We got the dub, but we got to play better. I think yeah. a lot of it too is going to start with hopefully David Andrews is back after the bye. So Holy I feel like that—that's yeah. that's a big part. That's a big part of it right now. Cole Strange has been getting cooked the last three yeah. games. And, and James Ferentz, I mean, he is who he is, but man, he yeah. has been—he has not been very good. Um, and it's been—it's been tough to watch. Uh, it—it also doesn't help that you know, um, Cannon has been out, so the yeah. right tackle spot is unsettled and. Because it's unsettled, they're like experimenting more, and so wind is they're putting wind in that left guard spot when they keep pulling Cole Strange. Um, and I almost wonder if if wind had solidified that right tackle spot, if they would be experimenting as they are with uh, with Strange. Right now, Strange is, is hasn't played well the last two weeks, um, and he's just getting beat on some like little things. And he kind of has to clean that up, and I think he knows that. I think the the coaching staff will tell him that this isn't like a a benching. Like, oh my gosh, he sucks, and so they they pulled him. It's more like, hey, we're gonna pull you for your own good because you're going to fall into some bad habits if you keep playing the way you're playing right now. It's like anything. It's like any rookie. It's like any rookie at any other yeah. position. Hey, you know, look, we have faith in you. We believe in you, but you gotta clean it up. Now, I know a lot yeah. of people are still saying. That's the thing I love about the NFL, too, is how the overreactions, how we lose to the Bears, and all of a sudden it's all the Patriots are cooked, this and this yep. and this. And, hey, look, we're 5-4 and four now. It just sucks we're yep. in the best division. But remember, yeah. I think it was six months ago, I think I probably asked you this, four teams making the playoffs in the AFC West. Well, I'm sorry, folks, the AFC East had something to say about that. Yeah, the AFC East is um, – I, I think they are probably the most competitive division here. I think um, the Patriots – I. In my in my summation, I think they're the second worst team. I guess, or guess they're the third best team. I think Miami and Buffalo are clearly ahead of them. I think they are better than uh, the New York. Um, I think that'll show itself by the end of the year. Like it'll very clearly be like New England above uh, New York. But I think New York is a little friskier than I've given them credit for. I know that for a fact. Um, and they're friskier than most people are giving them credit for. So like right now, I think the AFC East is far and away the best division because none of the teams here look awful you know what i mean i think you can argue the patriots look average um i think you can um, argue that the jets look average uh but every other division has teams that look bad you know what i mean and when no team when all of the teams in your division are average at best you're all you're obviously doing better than you know 
than every other division because you have division like the NFC South, which was supposed to be like, oh, it's supposed to be a, a two a two team race. Yet it seems like <laughs> none of those teams down there are even interested in winning the division. Four and five has you at number one, and I'm like, that's just nasty. Who's ready for like Seattle or San Francisco to go into like Tampa or New Orleans in the middle of January and lose, and then Tampa yeah. and like Tampa's in the divisional round? Like that's the thing where that's true. Even yes, even yesterday when they that. won, even when they won yesterday, I'm like, you and I have seen this for years. You don't count twelve out until it's back. Even when Abs- back absolutely, I was counting out the Bucks though because I just don't believe in their coaching staff. So I nope. was like, yeah, I, y'all are gonna lose. But the uh, Rams worked really hard to lose that game, so. You know, hey, if you're if you're gonna throw up the alley oop, they're they're gonna slam it down. That's what that's what Tom does. But that is not a good Tampa team. No, and also too, like the the thing right now, and even we'll figure out what's wrong with uh, Josh Allen if it, your injury is serious or not. But when I look at the NFC, I think there's two or three teams. I say, okay, you can legitimately make a run. The AFC, there's open season and it's parity, and yeah. honestly, I I love it. I love the parody. I know for years it was yeah, I domination, it. but I I just like to see you know where it's Sunday. It's just a wacky roller coaster of how teams yeah. that are supposed to still win lose. Like the teams that aren't supposed to do this do this. It's just like crazy and all over the place, and I love it. Yeah, I think probably my favorite thing about the AFC this year is that um it is really good at making everyone look stupid. You know, all the experts yes. just making them all wrong because everyone's like, oh yeah, here's exactly what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen, and then. The exact opposite happened. Like, yeah, everyone's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, the the Jets are certainly going to get blown out by the Bills. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, and they go out there and they beat they they beat their ass. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, cool. Even the um the the Dolphins played the Bears. And everyone's like, yeah, the Bears are gonna get absolutely smoked. And that was a game until the very very end there. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of just like the we we think we know what's going on, and we most certainly don't. I think with the NFC, you you, you kind of see what's going on. Like the bad teams are the bad teams. Exactly. The bad teams are bad, and then, like, the good teams are good. Like, yeah. I, I also don't like people saying to, like, Philadelphia, where it's like, hey, they're 8-0, and but then it's just like, oh, but here's the list of teams when they beat. Like, you know that photo of Brady with all the rings oh, yeah. and basically yeah. shows an excuse next to it? I'm like, I feel yep. like I just don't like how everyone has to look at the negatives of things. Look at the every, positives. Every you single time. Football team. Every yeah. single time. And it, it blows my mind because you can only you only you can only beat the the teams you play. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're like, oh well they beat, you know, they beat the, the, the Vikings and they beat the, the the Giants or whatever, and you're like and the Texans. great, but those are the only teams that were on the schedule. Like I they couldn't have beaten the you know the Rams because they didn't play the Rams yet, or you know what I mean? It's like relax and you can only play the teams you play. And yes. good teams blow out bad teams, and that's what Philadelphia has been doing, or I mean, not really. They didn't really blow out any uh any substantially good teams. Like, good teams beat bad teams, right? So if you're like, oh, they only played the bad teams, well, they won those games. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, what I mean, you'd be you'd be concerned if they were a team and they were just getting by. But I don't really see that like see that as what is happening in Philly. I think they have a really good defense. Their defense is absolutely legitimate, and their offense can score in bunches. I think that's just the recipe for a good team. Yeah. And, like, my thing, too, is with this Patriots team, and I've always said this from the start of the season, it's not the 2020 team. If that 2020 team somehow won seven games, this team yeah. is definitely going to win eight or more games. That's why my yep. worst-case scenario right now is eight and nine. I think yeah. they can do anywhere between eight and nine. I think best case would be ten and seven. I think ten and seven, yeah, nine I, and eight is the most realistic. I, had, I also had ten and seven because I have them losing a, a, about three more games. Um, and they're five and four right now, so – I have them losing about three more games, and it's like that'll get you to about ten and seven. Uh, I think I think you nailed it though that uh, that twenty they coached that twenty twenty team into something like 
respectable. Like they were still in it until like three weeks left in the season, despite starting like they were like two and six or something, two and five or something like that. And it was like, this is not a very good team, but you know, coaching will keep you around. Coaching will keep you around. And I think the Patriots have the coaching to keep them. We see that they have the coaching to keep them around. Offense hasn't done anything in weeks, you know, at this point, but they're in every single game because their defense is, the defense is good and their coaching is good enough. The only thing I want to say right now, and I'm going to say it to you, but I'm also going to give plea to the league. Two weeks from now, Sunday Night Football is supposed to be Steelers and Bengals. I beg of you folks, please put the Jets and Patriots in that Sunday Night Football slot. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. I, yeah, that Steelers Bengals game. I mean, it that no, I I just I can't see it being a very good game. I think the Steelers have. I know the first the first go around was pretty good. They had that. They went to overtime. And it was like a thrilling kind of game. But when you watch that game, it. It shouldn't have gone the way it went, and I don't. I don't think the Bengals are going to allow it to go that way this this time. So I would like to see the Patriots get flexed into that spot. My only concern with that is that um, it could get very very ugly with with regards to Zach Wilson because I just man, I know that Matt, Matt has some questions, but I, I I have no questions about Zach Wilson. He is not it. So yeah. Yesterday for them, I think it was the more, their defense. It's the Patriots and the yes. Jets are very similar teams where. Yep. Yep. The defense. Sauce Gardner, yep. great player. He's so Quentin good. Williams, he's baller at, up the middle there. All pro. He's an all he's gonna be an all pro. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. And then like Zach has those question marks, and it's unfortunately Zach Wilson's into older women, but he likes to throw <laughs> interceptions to older men because Devin yeah. McCordy had a game on him. McCourty That's another Patriot player who's been playing all right this year, too. Devin yeah. McCordy's been managed to make it some plays. But you know how you said good coaching keeps you in games? Yeah. Bad coaching makes some owners do some crazy decisions. And who yeah. likes doing crazy yeah. more than Jim Ursay when losing to the Patriots? I'm sorry, oh Chris Ballard. Gosh. This rivalry is not back on. I saw no. that audio surface again today <laughs> from his press conference. And I'm like, no, Chris, yeah. it ain't it. Like, no. I don't know what's worse. Like, Frank Reich's firing. I understand. But Jeff Saturday? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I – I understand why you fire Frank Reich, um, just because it's not going well and you need someone. Um, I ultimately think, though, it's not on him. He's kind of trying to make chicken, you know, chicken soup out of chicken shit. Uh, I look at Ballard. That's who I look at in all of this. And I've, I've been saying this for the last uh, couple of years. When you hit the scene, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this guy's such a great GM. He's taking over the year. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. But there have never been any results. So I'm like, He's so good, but like, what is what has that gotten him? You know what I mean. You look at some of the moves he's made, and I I think it's just so weird. It's like, oh, we're gonna fire we're gonna fire the coach um, who's underperforming, but we're gonna keep the GM who got us, you know, old ass Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and old ass Matt Ryan in consecutive years. That's that we're gonna keep around. He's the he's the he's the answer. Like, what are we what are we really doing? I think what's really interesting though is that um, it was said a few weeks ago that. Jim Mercer had had spoken to the you know, to the coaching staff, um, and kind of, you know, not 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 so not in so many words, but kind of you know insinuated to them that you know number four should be starting. So number four started Sam Ellinger, uh, and he sucks. I just think it's wild that you would then fire the coach for, you know, the offense not doing a thing the entire game when you kind of forced his hand and made him play a bad quarterback and didn't give him anything to work with. You, you, your team has no receivers. Your offensive line is regressed. You had one in running back. Your other running back, you traded away for a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick or whatever it was that they got for Naheem Hines. 
and you're going to now look at him and say, well, he's the problem. He has to go. And it's like, really, you start to question, like, it's a little higher than him. So you look at, at Ballard, and if we're being real, it's probably a little higher than him, too. I think Ursa is the Ursa is the problem. It, it, I think the same thing, too. I think, though, I also don't think you fire a GM in the middle of the season. I think Joe sure. Ursa is going to be, I think that's after week 18, you know, it's the yeah. gym. Uh, and you kind of let him go, Chris. yeah. It's been the hey, it's been great, but we've moved in different directions. Um, I think last week them firing Marcus Brady was a bit of a just throw. Someone just got thrown. Someone, under the someone bus had to shit. go. Yeah, someone had to take the blame. But yesterday, though, I'm going to say this, and I know I've gotten this too, where Mac makes some weird faces when he gets tackled, and even like his injury and stuff. If you go and look at some of the photos from yesterday, Sam Ellinger looks like he was crying when Matthew Judon yeah. sacked him on one of those. Yeah. one of his three sacks, I might add. But <laughs> I'm watching this too, and that's one other note I wanted to point out. Man, Quentin Nelson got cooked a bunch yesterday. Yeah, he 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 was he was getting sauced up by Dietrich Flies, and I'm like, yeah. damn. He had a couple of rough reps against Daniel Aquale as well, and I was like, you're supposed to be like him, which was like, not roping the passer. That was a face mask, by the way. Yeah, that was um, I yeah, that was that was that wasn't a great call. I, I really don't understand um some of some of what the Colts are trying to do with their offensive line. They're like shuffling dudes in and out. Um, and I know the Patriots are doing it too, and I don't like when the Patriots do it. But I think it's even more problematic when you're putting, you're bringing dudes cold off the bench, and they're giving up sacks, and then you're pulling them, putting another dude cold off the bench to give up more sacks. And I'm like, at this point, just stay with the first dude because yeah, it, it's not, it's not working. You know what I mean? There's a reason you started th- this starting five, right? If you had a better player, you would have played the better player. Pulling, you know, pulling their right, they pulled out the. Um, they pulled their right tackle and inserted someone else there, and he immediately gave up a sack to Judon. I was like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe try to figure something else out, or run the run the football." I know, like, it's tough. Like, the Patriots weren't giving them a lot of room to run. I think, though, you're asking a lot of a you know a second year quarterback in his second career start um, against that defense to try to kind of carry the game. I know the running game couldn't you know wasn't doing anything, but you got to help him out a little bit. I think they put him in such a poor situation, which is why it irks me that Frank Reich was fired because um, he wasn't in a good situation either. The quarterback's not in a good situation. The whole team's not in a good situation. And you're just firing people. You're, 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 you're putting out, you're putting scapegoats out there. And it's like, for what? You know what I mean? This is ridiculous. We could have had the mid off this week be between coaches probably that get fired at the end of the season between Josh McDaniels and Frank Wright, but we don't get that anymore. Um, the one thing to Judon <laughs> yesterday is as well, he did the exact same thing. Like the, the broadcast pointed out a bunch, Judon would cut up one side, yep. scoop back out, and just shoot up the gap and yep. get the sack. It was just, yep. It, and he's done that a lot this year. So he has 11 and a half sacks. And, you know, I think he's a very good player. But uh, when, he, when he says, I know later in the, um, after the game, he said that. Josh Uche was their best pass rusher. Um, and I don't think he was being modest. I don't think he was just trying to hype his boy. I think he really means that. And I, I kind of agree with him. Whereas Uche is a better pure pass rusher. Um, yeah. I think Matthew Jr. is a better overall player, right? And he can win his one-on-ones. But they the Patriots like to run line games with him where he'll like stunt. They'll run the tackle the tackle and stunt. And so he'll, they'll loop him around like they did that entire game and they couldn't pick him up. Um, where, and Josh Uche will just have to just beat his man. Uh, so... I understand why that is. I just don't understand how the Colts didn't have an answer <laughs> by the third time he did it. And then they started doing it with everyone else. And I'm like, you, there's still no answer here. How? Like, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. These guys are getting blown off the ball. So I think there is where you kind of have, an, uh, you know, you you kind of have an argument to for finding Frank Reich because he couldn't adjust to that. But at the same time, 
they also, you know, they, they chucked their, their OC and you're like, now the head coach has to do it all kind of, you know, I think that kind of speaks to bad, to bad management from above, just, yes. just on down. Um, you, you mentioned though, I think you made a good point where you said, um, it makes sense to fire a GM during the year. I also really don't think it makes a ton of sense to fire a coach during the year. Um, although I think sometimes root for them, like Matt Rule. Uh, so that was deserved. That was deserved. Yeah, yeah, he had to go because he, he was just actively making things worse. But I think really firing a coach midseason doesn't really do much for you. It's not like the, the interim guy's going to come in and light up. That that never happens. Um, and you're going to move on from all of the coaches anyway in the in the in the spring when it's time to go find a new one. I think really though, it's just a move to kind of be appease the fans because for the most part people are clamoring for these guys to be, you know, let go. And then they get let go and everyone's like, oh, thank God. And then the team goes on to win one more game the rest of the year. So, I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, if the Colts end up with a top 10 pick, it's like, okay, what do you want now? Like, you're going to go – obviously, you need to go draft a kid. You need to go – and yep. this year, too, for quarterback drafting, it's good. The one thing I'll say about Matt Rule is I can't wait for him to get the Auburn job, turn that program around into a winner, and then an NFL team comes knocking again being like, hey, yep. maybe he's improved. Yep. And then, no, you learn the same lesson. It's happened numerous yep. times with numerous coaches – Seeing right now just Todd better is. fit for they're just better fit for college or they're better fit for being coordinators. Uh, yeah. And when you mentioned Todd Bowles, he is he's a great defensive coordinator. He is a terrible head coach. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I'll say to uh, Reich is I think Reich's a good head coach. I think if you just give him a competent scenario, like say if yes. I don't know, I we play them in a month. We talked about it off air, but obviously the Patriots have that Monday Nighter in Arizona. I mean put him in a situation like that in Arizona yeah. where the, I, like there is competence, but there's like, it's a similar situation, but it's at least, Hey, you have a quarterback there. Yeah. He can succeed. He can flourish, but he'll be working in the NFL. And I, it's like, that's, I'm not saying he's a guy where, and that's why I don't like people saying, Oh, the Steelers are going to fire Mike Tomlin. I'm like, yeah, they could. That's, but that's an error. You, that would be an error. Mike Tomlin's a guy that if he were to get fired, a coach would get lose his job because that team would go out and scoop up Mike Tomlin He'd be <laughs> yeah, yeah. out of a job for like five minutes. Yeah. It's like the yeah. Schefter tweet would go out and his phone would like uncontrollably be vibrating in his agent's phone too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to yeah. Mike. We want to talk to Mike. Yeah, so, I, I completely – I don't – I really don't understand that one either. I think Steelers fans just want – I think it's just another thing of something they want someone to pay for a rough season, but they're in the first year of a rebuild. Um, it should be Matt Canada. His offense is not very good. Um, but people just – they're the, in the first year of the rebuild. I, I just think Steeler fans has, haven't acknowledged that they're in a rebuild year, though. I They're just – the way they talk about – they're like, oh, we should be winning all of these games. And I'm like, I don't know. You have a rookie quarterback. He's starting. Um, your skill position isn't isn't great. Your offensive line was bad. You, you've never drafted a good you know, defensive back in your entire existence. So, like, yeah, they're in the middle of a rebuild, and people just don't want to accept that. And they're like, oh, we want Tomlin fire, fired. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think if Tomlin gets fired, there are like 29 teams who would honestly sit there and think, maybe, you know, like maybe yeah. maybe my guy actually isn't that good. Yeah. It's like for the Patriots, what's next? Um, that's the only thing with the, two of the Jeff Saturday hire. It's like the Patriots going out and firing Belichick and hiring Matt Light to be their next head coach. Yeah, what is – yeah, that that the Jeff Saturday one is, um, is wild to me because he has no experience as a coordinator. I know they're like, oh, yeah, he uh, – he coached high school ball, but I mean, what does what does that really mean? So that's just that's a weird that's a weird hire. Uh, I think that's where that's where it starts to become clear that Ursay is way more involved than the owner should be yeah. in the football side of things. I think obviously as an owner, you you own the team and you can do what you want, but I think really you shouldn't be involved in the strategic part of football. And he seems to be very involved in the strategic part of football. 
for better or worse. And right now yeah, it's, it's looking like worse. Yeah, it's it's for worse. That's why I like I love hate the whenever everyone talks about Robert Kraft, you're like, oh, but Robert Kraft said we haven't won a playoff game. We want to win a playoff game. That's just Robert Kraft coming out and saying he wants the best for his team. Yeah, Robert Kraft lets like, Bill, like a, Bill do the football yep. stuff. Yep. Obviously, it got different when it involved Tom, but that's an obvious for an obvious. If you like, I say, yeah. folks, it's over there. The Dynasty by Jeff Bennett. Go read it if you're a Pats fan. Everything you need to know. All the deep dirty secrets are in there. Um, I just don't know. It's like the whole thing. It's like dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things, and the Colts right yep. now they're they're in dysfunction. Like I literally messaged my Colts friend, a, a fan friend, and basically I was just like, "Dude, your team was just like kaka poopoo." I'm sorry. I'm just like, yeah. that's what happened yesterday. I'm sorry. Oh, for sixteen on third and fourth down. That's unexcusable. That's, in the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. That is that is pretty rough. Um, and I think you're wasting a good defensive effort because the defense played really. Their defense played yeah. phenomenally. DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. They were absolutely wrecking the game, just giving the, the Patriots interior all they could handle. Um, even Quiddy Pay to yet, agree. Even who? Quiddy Pay to agree. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't as so, thing, but he was, he was coming up. He's he, making some plays. Right, right. Uh, I think Stephon Gilmore was locked down on the back end. Kenny Moore was playing a good game as well. And then, and for what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, what was the um, – Zaire Franklin had a, had a good game. Um, Bobby O'Carrigy, another good one. So this is like – Cool. And for what? For our offense to go 0-16 on third and fourth down? For us to not have, you know, there were two and eight, like two two for eight passing um, well into the, you know, well into the second quarter. And I was like, this is, this is pathetic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This is gross. Um, I want to switch back to Patriots gears because remember my hot take that I gave to you back in July that's gone freezing, freezing cold? Kendrick Bourne, 1,000-yard receiver? Oh, he was born yeah. for 1,000 yards. Okay. As I have a new one, I have a new one. I said they were going to be a top ten offense, so you know, <laughs> joke on me. <laughs> Judon, defensive player of the year, it's in the conversation. Um, only because at this point, you know, it's still early, but um, yeah. at this point, who are your who are your other candidates? Parsons, Michael Parsons. He's so good. He is so very yeah. very good. Um, and he also, yeah. I can see that, and because he plays for the Cowboys, I think there's going to be um, some push there, just based on just based on the uniform and the fact that the Cowboys are in prime time literally every week. I, I just simply don't no. know. And I know like the limit on prime time game is supposed to be five, but I swear I've seen them like in every week this week. I'm like, yeah, they're they're the Cowboys. It's nighttime. They're playing. Um, yeah. So I I don't I don't know. Uh, Especially now that it's pitch blackout at five thirty night. Exactly. exactly. So every night, every game feels like a prime time game because either have a prime time game or a four o'clock game. When's the last yeah. time they played with the sun? That's the real question. Um, but yeah, I can, I can, I can see it uh, because that award is really based on on numbers more than anything. Uh, and eleven and a half sacks leading the leading the NFL. That's a big. You know what I mean? I think if he can get into that high teens, like what Robert Quinn did last year, or get into yeah. the twenties, yep. his name will definitely be in the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because his odds right now, like I, I, I saw it the other day, and I'm gonna pull it up. I know you're not a, a betting man, but usually a lot of these things are pretty big indicators of like who's gonna win what for, yeah. uh, of who's gonna win. Like, uh, let me just give me a second, uh, folks. I do things on the fly here. Do not, don't at me. Uh, <laughs> I have to say it in 20, 2023. Let's see, let's see. Oh, right here. Uh, odds tracker. Uh, see, so yeah, you have Parsons, Bosa, Garrett. Judon, those are the top four. Uh, Nick Bosa, Bosa is, by the way. Nick Bosa, is he having Nick. a big year? 
I'm not 100% sure, but the one thing I still am sure on, and I'm big on this man to get a head coaching job, is that San Francisco's defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan, D'Amico should, be Ryan. The, oh. should be a head coach he, next year. He should be in Carolina next year. I, I would yeah. put big money on that. I that would, be a, that would be a match made in heaven there. I still feel like, though, they're going to go out and get – like they're going to go get an offensive guy because you know how every organization does this where it's like, Hey, we had a, a defensive guy. It didn't work yep. out. So then now that's we go get an offensive yeah. guy. I, I think that's a, that's just, that's just silly. <laughs> I think that's just so silly. Um, but I think really, I think their building blocks for that, that Carolina team is on defense. So go yep. out and get you a defensive guy and build strength on strength. I know sometimes they do this thing in the NFL where it's like, Oh, we already have a good defense, so let's just go get an offensive guy so that we're nice and balanced. And I'm like, yeah, fuck all that. How about you uh, have a good defense and go out there and make it a great defense instead? Like, uh, how about that? That's why I'm not worried about the game against the Vikings on Thanksgiving night. Well, one, because it's primetime Kirk. But yep. two, the Vikings defense outside of the line hasn't been anything spectacular. Like, Harrison no, Smith is still a great player, but they're, they're not – they're not they're anything not to like gawk good. your eyes at. Nope, Cameron Dantzler, he's a fine corner. I don't think he's a definitely he's a great corner. Um, he's not someone you're like worried about. You're not like, oh man, what are we gonna do? I think Eric Kendricks is a good linebacker, um, but I think in the modern NFL you need two of those, and I don't think they have two of those. So I'm not worried about their defense. Yeah, and when I put when I stack up the two, I love the, the mismatch the Patriots defensive line can create against the Vikings that offensive awesome. line. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that that could be a big that could be a big game for the uh, the 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 Judon Depoy agenda. I think that that could be a big one because that's what Thanksgiving night. That's the you know that's the primetime game that day. Everyone's going to be watching. Literally, everyone's going to be watching because there will be nothing else going on. And so we'll get to see him on a stage just embarrassing a right tackle. And I'm like, I'm ready for that. I I, I can get down on that. Are you ready to be in a room full of your relatives and an uncle passed out on the couch and one uncle bitching about the Patriots and what they should be doing? Because I feel like that's what's going to be happening at your family's oh, Thanksgiving every, dinner. Every, every single time. Every single time. <laughs> and it's a bunch of people who don't uh, respect, respectfully to my family. They don't know anything about ball. But they they just want to talk ball because they, I, they know I do. So they're like, oh, yeah, what do you think of this? And I'm like, whatever. And they're like, nah, man, this, this is how it should be. And I'm like, yeah, you have no idea. But I, I, I appreciate you trying to bond with me. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, uh, Uncle GM sometimes is so like you want to look at them and be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But at the right. same time, too, you want to be like, "It's my you uncle, so I'm just gonna nod my." Yeah, you yeah, want to have good yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you in the back of my mind. You're a dumbass. Um, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I get it here with hockey all the time too, no matter the time of year. Oh, oh, but um, because I look at Thanksgiving, I like you'll be family. I'll be on the couch lumped up with my teeth yeah. looking like a chipmunk for those folks who I know I got my wisdom teeth out that morning. Oh fun. I strategically well, I strategically planned it though for that day. So I could literally sit up my ass on the couch and, and watch, watch football. Watch love football. It. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and now because who knows the quarterback matchups that day it could be Case Keenum versus uh versus Jared Goff. We'll have to wait and see what that, happens. Oh that would be uh that would be depressing the Lions play the bills that day yeah the Lions play the bills the cowboys play a, the giants in a game i thought was gonna be bad right? but maybe be good now no, that, might actually be, that might actually be a very fun game to watch i although i i don't necessarily believe in the giants i don't really believe i think this the start that they had i mean they won those games so obviously that 
that still that still counts. The, the count of stand is all the same. Um, I think though they I don't think they match up very well with uh, the Cowboys defense, and I think that's where yeah. they're going to get in trouble. I, I I completely agree with you on that. I think the Cowboys defense will cause trouble because I looked at that game at first. And I'm just like. I, I don't know. But then now I'm like, you know what? It could be exciting. I feel like all the games on Thanksgiving could be exciting. Um, the only thing is I'll say with the Josh Allen injury, it is very unfortunate, but it's just, I just don't like how Bill's fans are like, I don't know where I'll give you my arm. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'm like, <laughs> like if you're asking me, Bruce Smith is still the greatest Buffalo Bill of all time. Like that's just, that's me. But um, yeah, man, man, yesterday for them yesterday though, I'll say this. I want to put a PSA out to Bill's fans learn to lose with dignity because I feel like oh, every time yeah. they've lost lately, it's yeah. been excuses. Like I love the yep. double standard with the Miami where when we go down, they're like, Oh, you guys suck in Miami. You'd be a bad team. When they lose, Oh, it's too hot. It's this, it's this. We yeah. literally went yeah. down early to get adjusted and acclimated to the heat. And yeah. then even last year, Oh, like I've, I've seen people say, Oh, if the Patriots, if the wind hadn't been blowing their way, the oh, Patriots would have been yeah. out of the playoffs. Yeah. I'm like, that was, that was yeah, stressful. Yeah. Yeah, you, did you know Bill? What, what do you Bill, mean, Bill, like, Bill Belichick is Mother Nature. Did you not know that? Well, I mean, there have been a few weird Patriots games weather-wise. You remember the uh, 2020 year when they beat the Ravens? Oh yeah, and it was just like a monsoon out of nowhere. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I just, I, I just love it because it's an empty stadium, but they still have security in there. And there's like yeah. one guy in a poncho, and his poncho is like just ruined and everything like that. And I'm yeah. like, are we really making this one guy stand out here? There's COVID. There is absolutely need, no one in the stands. You need, you need the security. Someone needs yeah. to secure the stadium. That yeah. was um that was a weird game um and then you think about the they had the big snow game in 2009 against Tennessee they had the fog game against the Falcons in 2017 yeah so there've been a couple weird like weather games and you know I'm not saying Bill's a wizard but I'm just saying like he may have, he may have interned at Hogwarts is all I'm getting at <laughs> I just love that I I remember people seeing it with the Ravens it's like they're not ready for that I'm like no one's ready for that it's a monsoon. <laughs> It's yeah. like it's the rain. It's what? Yeah. It's like it's wet. Yeah, huh. I, I completely agree though with you with the uh, with the Bills fans losing with grace. I think it's just because they have such a good team that their yeah. um, that their fan base seems to think like good teams don't lose games. Good teams lose games all the time. Like it's fine. Like you lost. It it just it kind of happened. The whole the the when they lost to Miami and they were complaining about how unfair the stadium was built. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Like. This, this isn't a new stadium. They didn't just put it up yesterday. They didn't get, move the sun in a specific place. But they, it's like this has been the case. Like they they go down there and they win all the time. They just happen to lose this time. It happens. Like yeah. it's okay to lose. Like good teams lose all the time. In fact, I think good teams losing makes those teams better. You know what I mean? Like I, I've been saying that. Like everyone needs to face some adversity. Like look at Tampa absolutely. when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were seven and five. Hell, that year, remember, they got their asses kicked by the Saints on Sunday Night Football. Not discrediting the Saints, but New Orleans went in there and just dominated them. Now, I'm not saying this is like the adversity Buffalo needs, but if if Allen is out long term, I think you look ahead to 2023. I think you do that. Yeah, I think um, they're saying it's an ulnar nerve, the the UCL, uh, and everyone's kind of holding out hope that, like, oh, maybe it won't be so serious, but we think about the last two quarterbacks that had that same injury. It was Drew Brees, who retired a year and a half later, and then it was Ben Roethlisberger, who should have retired a year and a half later, but then he played another year, and he was awful. Um, obviously, they were older than Josh Allen is, and I think he'll be fine in the long run. I do think the injuries, that is a bigger injury than anyone is letting on, and I think even if Josh Allen 
plays, he plays through it, and he finishes the year, and whatever the case is there, doesn't have surgery or whatever. I has think surgery like the second day of the offseason. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that's going to impact his season. Um, and as soon as the season's over, everyone's going to, like, you're going to hear all the, you know, the rap, of course, and Adam Schefter's the world. We're going to say, oh, yeah, this is a nagging injury. He's been playing through it the entire year. It's actually been a bigger deal. And because all these football players are tough, right? They're all tough. No injury is, is anything there. We're just going to power through it next to me. You know, just fight, ridding it out for my, my team. And then, you know, the year ends and, you know, the guy's like, basically in a wheelchair for the next, you know, three months, and then he misses the start of training camp because it turns out, oh, big, big surprise, this injury that everyone knew was a major injury is now suddenly a major injury. So I think whether or not he plays, I think it's going to affect his game in some way. I think, obviously, I think he's too talented for it to be that steep a drop-off, but I think it is going to affect that team. Yeah, my, my only thing with them is, I'll say this, is, well, for them, being 0-2 in divisional play is not something to overlook either. That no, is that's, a... Yeah, that's not a mistake. And division games are always hard. I think that... I think because they're a good again, they're a good team, and everyone just kind of assumes like good teams just beat, you know, just beat everyone else. But I think divisional games are different. <laughs> they're a different kind of animal, and they've always been a different kind of animal. Um, teams lose the division to the, to the divisional rivals all the time out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots, they you know they they go down there to Miami, like we said, they go down there and take an annual butt whooping in Miami every year, whether regardless of record, regardless of anything else, they just go down there and and they lose because division games are hard to win. You can't win them all. Um, yeah, you can't. So being zero two in division play is not great. Uh, they have to see obviously they have to see Miami and New York again, so they'll you know probably even those up. And then they have to play the Patriots twice, and I think the Patriots defense matches up better with with Buffalo's offense than uh, a lot of people are willing to admit at this point in time but i think by the time the games come around more people will be like it probably won't be such a slam dunk regardless of who's quarterbacking or how the game how the offense looks for the patriots i'll also say something else with the patriots that i have a lot of confidence in them the first time they play buffalo why because it's a revenge game and two they'll be wearing a certain someone on their jersey yeah. that night yeah and that's going to be awesome that 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 I love the red uniforms. Um, I they look so love good. Red uniforms, but this year when they were wearing them against the the Lions, I was like, I forgot these uniforms were so awesome. <laughs> like it just slipped my mind. Like, oh, surprise! These are amazing. Yeah, I know. Like you walk in and it's just like you see it. Like, like because that was the game I got to go to. It's like I see all the red and like you see the jerseys. You're like, I I I wouldn't make them all the time, but like wear them at no, least two to three times. No, two, I also would make three. them all the time because I think yeah. they're too special to wear every time. So I'm like, it was, I, yeah. I'd like to see it. It was, I don't forget what the take was, but Taylor Kyle's recently had a take on one of the jerseys, and I think you were a part of it too. Oh, the blue uh, jerseys. The, yes. the Bledsoe Blues. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hate those jerseys. I am so sorry. I know a lot of people have a lot of great memories with them, um, but when they were playing in those uniforms, I was like five, six, and seven. You know what I mean? So they retired them just as I came of age to realize that sports were a thing. I do not like those jerseys. I do not think they look very good. I, in fact, I think they are ugly. Yeah, like the, for me, it's the reds. Those are mine. Like if I were to bring back anything, I'd bring back like the white retro, like the the white oh, retro as the, well. The one that they wore in uh, two thousand and eight. They wore. I, I remember this because they when they wore it, Denver wore these horrendous like brown and yellow jerseys with like striped socks and stuff. Yeah, I think it was the I think it was the fiftieth anniversary season of the AFL. Yeah, that everyone wore all their throwbacks that year. Yeah, like the new like that you had the uh, New York Titans jerseys. You had yep. the Bills and some throwbacks. You had the like I said the Broncos and those horrendous ones. 
the only the, the blue Packers were in that that the brown helmets, the blue the blue unis. Yes, the only yeah. because like I'll, I'll say this right now, the only blue jersey in the NFL that should make a comeback immediately is the Seahawks Steve Largent era jerseys. Oh, from those the... are ugly. <laughs> those are so ugly. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I do not love them. I I think it's just because I don't like the um, I don't like the logo. I think yeah. the new logo looks way better. Uh, so I think and I think really that logo is such a core part of that design that I just end up not liking the entire entire thing. But I think as far as like the jersey itself, the jersey proper, the single single jersey, it looks good. But yeah. the helmet with that stupid bird on the side, I'm like, oh, come on. The only bird one I say I actually do like is next year the Eagles bringing back Kelly Green. That's the one thing I'll okay. say I'll get on board for. Okay. Are they bringing those back? I, I heard so. It's either that or black. It's one of the two, but I think – it's the Kelly Green, like the Randall Cunningham. I love like, the Kelly Green. The, the, yeah, the yeah. Randall Cunningham one. Oh, that would be amazing. And that's a really good helmet, too. So I'm like, mm, love it. Yeah. That's the that's thing. The NFL did that, and now it's all fun, and it's great, and it's everything yeah, like that. that yeah. Oh. I think too many teams this year picked black, though. It's like they're alternate. They're like, oh, I just want a black helmet. And I'm like, fine. But, like, you could have you spiced it up a little bit. I think the Bengals, they're white helmets. Those are, those are crisp. My fiance hates those Bengals white shirts. No! I, I love them. They're so she nice. like I'm watching them with her and she's like, these look like crap and everything. I'm like, these are so nice. And then the only ones I'll say it like I'm not a fan of is I didn't like the Saints because of how they put it with the white jersey. If they had done the black helmet with yeah. the black and gold, I would have yep, liked that. That would have been a good look. I agree. I agree. My other one, too, is the Arizona Cardinals, who need new uniforms to begin with. Altogether, yeah. I think they have one of the worst uniforms in the NFL. Yep. I think it's it's too, be- too basic, and I just I don't like how it looks. So I'm like, mm, they, they can go. The Texans red, though, I was a fan of. I'll say that I was a fan yes, of the Texans that, red. Yes, that that did not look that didn't look bad. I, I said it the entire time, too. I'm like they're gonna get killed out there, but they're gonna look great doing it. And then they didn't get killed, so I was like, cool, cool, I'll take it. They, they covered the spread. They covered the spread. Yes, yes, they did. Um, I want to switch gears back now to the NFL season as a whole because look, we're about the halfway point, which. I like to say that, but I don't like to say that because that's the other thing, too, people. For anyone out there bitching about games like that, like the Texans on th- the prime time, or even this coming Thursday, which is the Panthers yeah. and the Falcons. Falcons, Panthers, yeah. Um, I sit there and basically just be like, you know what? Enjoy it because in four months from now, you guys are going to be fiending for games like this. I'm sorry. The uh, I forget the names of the new teams. The uh, St. Louis Battlehawks and the Houston uh, the Houston Roughnecks or the Houston Renegades, I forget which one it is. Oh, for the XFL? For the, X- the XFL, well, I don't know if the XFL, if it's going to cut it or not. I know you're a USFL guy, so I'm not going to say I anything did, I about did enjoy that. the USFL. It was surprisingly yes. good. But I'll say that, but like, it's just, it's not the same. So like, that's why for now, for the NFL, yeah, I'm just in the boat of, you know what, enjoy the games while they're here, because before yeah. you know it, you snap your fingers and the season's over. So yeah. that's what I want to say. So I'm just going to go back to my main topic. With the NFL season so far, at the halfway point, Besides New England, who's a team that's impressed you? Like a team you thought was going to be bad at tournaments, but you know what? They're doing it pretty all right. And then what's a team that you're just completely disappointed in? All right. Let's see. A team that surprised me. Um, Seattle. Uh, Seattle. That was uh, – I did not see the coming. Uh, Gino all of a sudden just being like a at, – at worst, a good quarterback is awesome. He is absolutely balling, though, and I, and I, I love that for them. Um, I think really what it is, though, is um, – I think it's Pete Carroll finally getting to call his system. You know what it is? I think it really is. For me, it's that Russell Wilson has been removed. And so the rest of the Seahawks players can finally start getting the respect they deserve. I think they have a a better team than than 
they've ever gotten credit for. It's always been like, oh, it's just Russell Wilson. And it's like, no, no, they're they're fine. Like they're they're they have players there. Like let them let them Patriots do what they do. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he's balling. He is. He's playing. He's playing good ball. Um, I really like their rookie corners too. Tariq uh, Tariq Woolen's obviously very good, and Kobe, Kobe Bryant, who isn't getting just enough love, for my opinion. I'm like, not enough people are talking about. Him. He's he's a really good player as well. Another corner for them. Um, so I like what they're doing there. I like with Chenna Nwosu, the the edge rusher they got from uh, LA. He's really good. So I I like a lot of what they're doing, and they're winning. And <laughs> super stupid, but I really think Gino is such a funny dude that I have to root for him. Because whenever he talks in any of these interviews, I'm like, this dude is a clown, but he is so effing funny. So, like, I yeah, I, I really like what Seattle's doing. I, I like what they're doing there. Also, I like that Um, I think a lot of times when these big blockbuster trades happen, we focus too much on the player that got moved and ignore the team that they left behind. I think Seattle has gotten far and away the better end of this deal. Uh, they're obviously better than the Broncos at this point. Um, and the players that got traded to Seattle could all be used in Denver right now, right? They got Noah Font, they got, uh, you know, Shelby Harris, and not so much Drew Locke, but Shelby Harris and, and Noah Font. And when you watch the Broncos, you're like, yeah, they probably use an interior lineman. Oh, they can probably use a tight end. And those are the guys that they traded away for for Russell Wilson. And so I think it's, it's kind of just like a, a reminder that, that, like, this isn't Madden where, like, you can just trade a star player over and, you know, over and all of a sudden your team's going to be great because, like, I got this 99 overall quarterback and everything is fixed. It's really not like that. So they brought him over. He's not doing so well. And now the Seahawks look like geniuses because they moved on from a quarterback who is underperforming, has been performing, and for the last, you know, couple of years, really. I, I think the first half of 2020 was the last time that he played, like, really good ball, uh, in my opinion, anyway. So I, 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 just, I think it's just a good reminder that everyone's always just like, oh, just trade, just trade, just trade. It doesn't always work out that way. So the Seahawks have been my surprise. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. Another player too that's been great for them, Kenneth Walker the third. He's been great. He's so good. Back. Yeah, yep. yeah. We, yep. we saw it at Michigan State. It's just one of those things where you're like, how did he fall down? Um, my thing with Seattle too is is that they completely made up for the Jamal Adams trade where they took a massive L on that one. I know that was, that Adams was hurt, but they gave up a yeah. lot to get him. And he hasn't. And he has. He has not been very good. Uh, I know they signed him to that extension, so it's like, oh yeah, and and he's a he's a fine pass rusher and all, and I'm like, cool, cool, but. You are not that back end safety guy that they need you to be, but it doesn't matter at this point because the picks that they give away or they've already recouped and now they're looking like a better team. And I think, though he's not an elite back end kind of safety guy, I think he is a player that obviously makes their team better. So you think about what they're getting next year. They have the you know the draft picks they have. They have, you know, they have Jamal Adams coming back. They're only going to get better. Right. And right now they're, yeah. you know, they have six wins under their belt. They're a better team than anyone had, had, had thought that they were. And I think they will compete for that division down the whole way. I know uh, people were like, oh, you know, just as, you know, the 49ers stumbled a bit or the Rams are in a bit of a spot. And I'm like, no, no, I think this is kind of where we're at. You know what I mean? I think the Seahawks yeah. are going to compete for the division. I, I think so, too. I just think that at the end of the day, I think that uh, San Francisco will still win just because I think at the end of the day, like when I come to who do I trust more? I do sure, trust sure. I, I trust San Fran, but they do play um Thursday night, week 15, Thursday night football, Ram, not Rams, uh Seahawks 49ers. So I feel like that yeah. game right there will that could, that could probably that could probably decide the division. Yeah, because I remember still from like the first two weeks, obviously Denver uh, they beat Denver week one, but then they got killed by San Francisco week two. And I think a yep. lot of people they were saying like, oh Seattle's not this, but then they kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Last week they had the same thing too, where they just 
played great on all assets yep. and facets of the ball against the Giants, where I think the Giants last week had the Patriots against the Bears incident where, like, look, nothing was just going for them. Yep, they didn't um, have a bad game. Yeah, if I had to pick a team that, for my expectations, it's I'm going to go New York, the, the Giants, just because I've ragged on them a lot. I yeah. haven't believed in Daniel Jones, but you give them the right coach and you do the right things, and they're, they're year one into a rebuild. They're the same thing, yep. too. They're year one into a rebuild. They've – look, this, this was kind of hard, basically. Their draft picks as you were shooting fish in a barrel, let's be honest. Yeah. And I'll say this as well. Andrew Thomas, the guy's a baller at left tackle right yes, now. He's he is, great. He has played amazing. Um, and you think of all the tackles taken in that class, and I think he is far and away the best one. Um, I think I believe Jerdick Wills was also in that class, and he's been he's been good as well. But I think Andrew Thomas has been amazing. Yeah. The only thing with this year's though is like Evan Neal's been okay, but I feel like he'll eventually get there, like Andrew Thomas, sure. and he'll be good. Because uh, yeah. I think people look at that too, because Aki Aquanu has been playing really well this year for Carolina at that line position, even though Carolina's been weak. But um, I still think give them some time and they'll be fine. The only low spot for them is that Mark Lewinsky is still uh, still playing not been, Yeah, still playing like shit. And Xavier <laughs> McKinney getting hurt in an ATV yeah, accident in Cabo. Yeah, that is yeah. A, that's a bummer. That is but, a bummer for, for that defense. But I think if any if there's any position in your in your defense that you can afford to take a hit, I guess it would be safety because you can yeah. you can kind of hide hide bad safety play. Yes, and my only thing with them, too, is, and also looks if you see me glancing off to the sides because I got the Raven Saints game on my phone right now. Um, they play Houston and Detroit in their next two, so I feel like they'll be fine. It's that Thanksgiving game against the Lions. Not Lions. It's that Thanksgiving game against the, the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. Where I think we're truly going to learn how far can this team go and what sure. they're going to be. Because yeah. they, 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 also play, they also play Philly. They still have to play Philly. They have not played Philly at all. Yep, they play them twice. Uh, and... I, that, that's why I, I I mentioned earlier that um you know six and uh six and what are they now six and three six and two six and two um, six and two is six and two but at the same time you have some uh, some big boys in your in your division that you have to play and you you got to play them a couple times so we'll see where they go I think that's a, that's a great pick as far as a team that um let me down I I this one's a little harder because I there are some obvious names that I never had being very good in the first place so like I know the um. The Packers is one that makes everyone's list of like disappointing teams, but I kind of they're kind of exactly what I thought they were <laughs> going into yeah. the season. I thought um, it was one of those situations where like they have a good quarterback, and as a result, every every move that gets made, everyone's kind of like poo poo. They're like, oh no, it's fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. But you traded away Devonte Adams. You didn't get him a viable replacement. You try to replace him with a pair of rookies. And Romeo Dubs has been great. Christian Watson is a talented player, but he's not a very skilled one, if that makes any sense. He yes. has all the talent in the world, but he is not a very skillful play player at this point. So you're asking a lot for them to step in and be great, and they're not that. So the Packers have been disappointed. This been disappointing, but they haven't disappointed me because I kind of thought this is what they were going to be. Same kind of thing with the Rams. Um, I just don't buy into the philosophy of like, oh, we'll just build our, our team through free agents um, and we'll just, you know, you know, the picture of FM draft and all that. And I'm like, that's great. But it only really works if you're hitting on all of your moves. Um, the minute something goes wrong and you have a weakness on your team, it's a lot harder to fill it when you don't have any draft. Picks. Right now, they need three interior offensive linemen because everyone they're starting is absolute garbage. And how are they? Who knows? Because their first pick isn't until day day three. So what are we what are we getting at here? So the Rams have been disappointing. Again, I kind of already kind of already saw that. Um, you know what? You know what team has disappointed me though? I will say this. I the Raiders have been disappointing because I didn't think they'd be great, 
I didn't think they'd be this though. They are atrocious. They are so bad. It's like they have no idea what's going on on offense, which is supposed to be Josh, Josh McDaniel's specialty. And somehow <laughs> the defense is worse. So I think that's been that has been so stressful because I just don't understand how they got to where they got with the players they have and the coaching staff they have. Because the staff on paper looks pretty good, but the games aren't played on paper. Speaking of the Raiders and their defense, um, with the Patriots, Chandler Jones has not done anything since he's gone no, there. You never no, hear his name, never at all. And um, I, I've had a few people, um, I've, I've had a discussion with a few people this year with Chandler Jones, and I've had a few people tell me they think he's overrated, um, and that he's just a pass rusher, like he's just there to rush the quarterback. And if he can't do that, it's a problem. Um, and I think they're asking him to do a lot more of that than Arizona did. I think he's facing the same issue in Oakland as and sorry, Oakland, wow. Uh, he's facing the same issue in Vegas as he did in New England, where um, yeah. they're not just letting him rush the passer. They're, they still want him to make you know, plays against the run. They, they want him to you know, kind of set the edge, and sometimes they'll even have him drop in coverage. Whereas Arizona, they were just like, yeah, just find the quarterback and go after him. Um, so I think that's been a, a part of his decline. But I think also – uh, if we're known, he's 30, you know, 30, what, 33 years old. Uh, yeah. he's kind of just going to fall off because he's 33. That's kind of what 33 year old NFL players do. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I completely agree with you. It's like kind of like Hightower last year where we realized, like, okay, he's not in anymore. Um, yep. and with that, folks, I still think there'll be a day where he'll announce his retirement, he'll retire a Patriot, and that's oh, absolutely. That. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. He'll, I, I think... he'll get his red jacket. He'll get his red in, jacket. In truth, I think he would have been back this year if he wanted to be back this year. I think the Patriots kind of kept that door open for him. I think the only reason he's not in New England right now is because he doesn't want to be. Yeah, I, I think I think looking, he's done. I was looking at photos of his Instagram. It just seems like, yeah, he's enjoying his life with his wife and kid. Yep. And he just seems yep. like he's making the most of it. Just, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, the only other thing with the Raiders, too, is, and I've seen this today as well, I love how Raiders fans went from – we're a Super Bowl contender to, yeah, we need to trade Derek Carr and draft court back immediately. I'm yep. like, yep. Uh, I think Derek Carr will make some team really good in the offseason. Some team is going to uh, trade for him and they're going to look really good about it um, because I think he's fine. I think he can, I think a team like New York, like the Jets, uh, if they had Derek Carr playing over Zach Wilson, I think they'd be a, a bigger threat than they than they are right now because the defense is legit. You just need someone who's not going to fuck it on the offensive side. Um, and Derek Carr has shown he's not. He's not the type to fuck it up. He's not going to win you any games by any stretch, but he's not going to fuck it up for you. So he's going to be playing for the Indianapolis Colts next year is what you're telling me. Holy shit. That would be uh, whew, that would be bold. That would be a bold move by Ballard if he's still yeah. the GM there. Only because, again, at this point, you, you, you can't just not – Andrew Luck retired, and I know that that's – you know, you, you don't lose generational talent and just rebound. But at the same time, you've not actually taken any bites of the apple. They, you know, Andrew Luck retired, and they haven't drafted a, a single quality quarterback. So, or haven't even, you know, made an attempt. At some point, you have to, you have to take a quarterback. It's like they've been kind of like just like taking like little, like little nibbles, like little nibbles. Yep. Like it's kind of like yep. you're just like, trying we'll take a to. We'll take here, or we'll take a yeah. you know, a late rounder here, and see what we have. And I'm like, no, you got to kind of take a big swing. You're taking a bunch of samples from Costco without buying buying the product. Basically. Exactly, exactly right. And then you're wondering at the end of the day why you're still hungry. Well, yeah, samples aren't going to feed you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good example. I had to use it. Um, I agree with you on the Raiders, too, just from the standpoint of how – and also to the fact, like, the game against Arizona, you blew. Yep. The game against Kansas City. The game yep. against Jacksonville the yesterday. Jacksonville. I'm like, yeah, these are yeah, games you got to be winning. And they just – nothing. Yeah. 
It's it's just I look at yeah. it, I'm like nothing. And then the only yeah. things I'll say to with LA is did you describe to me the LA Rams or the LA Lakers? Because it sounds like one and the same. They um, are the same. <laughs> that is really good. Just a bunch of uh older dudes who are just what or we just want we just gotta get it one, one more in me, and I'm like, no, no, no. And then you have the comments too about McVay being like, "Oh, I'm just gonna leave whenever I'm done." I'm like, "Whenever you leave, that team is gonna be that team is gonna be down bad, horrendous in like the next yeah. five years." And in truth, I think they're gonna be down bad regardless. I think I think they're going to be down bad, and then he leaves, not the other way around. You know, what I, mean? I think yeah. they're going to be down bad. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I gotta say that. And the Ravens got a touchdown. Oh, yeah. likely. Yeah, Isaiah likely. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say too about other teams like the oh. Packers? Sorry, I just read a. I just got a notification um, from Ian Rappaport. Colts owner Jim Mercy says, "Of of course he expects Chris Ballard to be back for 2023. He calls Ballard a winner. A winner? What? What are we talking about? Holy shit! I've never seen a GM get more credit for being terrible than than this guy. This is ridiculous. This is the team that ran one of the worst fake punts in NFL history. Yeah, this but he's a winner. Team. This is the team that." When Deflategate originally started, apparently when the balls were properly uninflated, it was fourteen to seven. But when the balls were properly inflated, yeah. they got outscored thirty-one to nothing, including yep. Garrett Blunt running it down your fucking throat and Nate Solder getting a passing touchdown from Tom Brady. He um, only caught it because the ball was so soft. That's the only reason Nate Solder caught yeah. that wide open touchdown. Ridiculous. And then the rivalry's back, thirty-eight to twenty-four. Oh, yeah. Besides on. the game, like besides the game. Last year, and then the game in 2009 where West Walker dropped a fourth down pass. Yes, a fourth and two. Yep. Yeah, a fourth and two. I can't think of any other times where the Colts have beaten the Patriots besides those not, two games. Certainly not enough to call it a rivalry. I mean, in, in order no. for it to be a rivalry, you kind of got to win some of these games, right? Yeah. Like, I still think Patriots-Broncos was probably more of a rivalry with Manning was there than I would. Com- I would completely agree. Yeah. Some of the worst playoff losses I've experienced were the, the one – the AFC Championship games in 14 and 16. Um, yep. Also, the game made me hate Derek Wolf for trying to pee on Tom Brady like a dog. Um, yeah, he, that, he's uh, yeah. He I felt better for that too. He was like a he was like a douchebag, and I was like, yeah. this dude's a douchebag, and everyone's like, no, he's fine, he's funny, and I'm like, no, he's a douchebag, and they're like, yeah. oh, you're just a salty Patriots fan, and I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> the only player I'll give credit for for being good on that Denver team was Elvis Doomerville. Yeah, he's a fun. He yeah. was a fun player though. Yeah. He was, he was a really good defensive tackle. Um, before, obviously, for, before time's up, I was, was going to ask the Patriots what's worked, what hasn't worked, but we all kind of know. Look, certain things have worked, certain things have been there, but if the Patriots are going to be in that playoff picture, well, they're in the playoff picture, but if they are going to have an X next to their name come January, what do you want to see improved from the Patriots on any asset of the ball? The biggest thing for me is the offensive line has to get it together. Um, I think there's a direct correlation uh, between the quarterback play and the offensive line play. Um, yeah. And we're just not exploring that enough because it's more fun to talk about Buffy or, or Mac, but in truth, the offensive line hasn't been good. Um, they're now going into their, they just came off of their third straight terrible game. Um, we saw what happened when Mac played behind that line against Chicago. They were terrible. Um, and then Zappy went in and he was also terrible for the first time. And what happened? It was because the line was playing bad for the first time. Uh, they went into New York. They played against Quinn and Williams, which it happens. It's Quinn and Williams. And then this week they played against the Forest Buckner and Grover Stewart. And again, these are these are good players here. It's not like any slouches, but at the same time, it has to improve because 
it's not just the pass protection because if it's just pass protection, like you know, you could run the ball, but they're not even generating any movement on the ground. You know, you, you're you're watching plays and you know James Franklin getting thrown back into the lap, and on the next play, you know, Marcus uh, Isaiah Wynn is giving up a sack, and it's like. Okay, cool, cool. What can we do here, though? So the Patriots yesterday, you saw a lot of what what um what they were trying to do early with Zappy, where everything was a screen or a predetermined throw, just so they can get the ball out quickly because they couldn't pass protect. So that has to get better, and I think as a result, the quarterback will get better because right now it's a matter of like anytime they open up the playbook to throw at the ball into the intermediate part of the field, it's an issue because it's pressure. Fix the line. And then give us like a really that'll give us a really good look at where Mac is now versus where he was when he was playing in the first three weeks and the entire offense was playing badly. Now the entire offense isn't playing badly. It's just the offensive line and quarterback. Fix one, you'll probably fix the other. I completely agree with that. I think if the offensive line gets better, it, it'll only be a matter of time before Mac starts to play better. I love everyone being like, oh, the coaching is killing him. This and this and this and this and this. Has there been some bad playing calling? Yes. But at the same time, too, at the end of the day, Matt, what Matt Patricia says to Mac is not is what's going to win football games. No, it's what Mac yep. does on the football field. So if Mac can yep. go out there, you know what, get better, get better pass pro, it's only going to get better. Um, the other thing, too, that they've been doing a little bit more of but not enough of is the tight end play. I think, like yesterday, yeah. Hunter Henry, I think, showed, like you said last time, when he's in pass protection or block and run, run protection, he's on his ass. When you have him out in the open in the flat for a wide open pass, He's going to get a 30-yard pass. He's, he's going to do something with it. I think we saw they finally started um, going back to Jonu on some of those screens. And lo and behold, he can still run. They hit him on that yeah. on that first down screen. And he took it, and he broke two tackles and took it up field. And it was like, yeah, how about how about we get some more of that? Like, you know what I mean? Get Jonu the ball in space and let him, let him produce. That's what he does. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing I'll say, too, is if there was an MVP so far on both sides of the ball on defense, it's been Matthew Judon. On offense, it's been Ramondre Stevenson, who's been a Ramondre revelation Stevenson for this team. Incredible. He is so very good. I was um, – last year, there were a lot of people who were, like, on it very early. They were like, oh, yeah, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is the best back there. And I'm like, nah, man, Damian Harris. Nah, relax. Damian Harris is still good. And you're watching, and you're like, now, Damian Harris is very good, but Ramondre Stevenson is a different kind of player. He is so good. He is so good at creating, <laughs> creating something out of absolutely nothing. And he is a pass catcher. And it's not just like the oh, you're on the field and you're the checkdowns. So we're going to throw it to you because you're the outlet. But no, we are going to throw it to you because you are going to create with the ball in your hands. And that is just great to see because they needed someone to step up um, after the James White, you know, retirement and. It's great that it's a player that's already good and you already have and you don't have to worry about it. I think it's really um, what's been really telling to me is Ty Montgomery went on IR after week one and no one has talked about it because it hasn't felt like a need. You know, no one's ever, yeah. no one's talking about it because no one's like, it doesn't feel like, oh man, the Patriots are missing a pass catcher. They have a pass catcher. They're like, all right, cool. People completely forgot that Ty Montgomery's on the team and for good reason because Ramondre is filling in nicely. And before I go back to Ramondre, I have another uh, Jim Ursay quote I want to read to you from his press oh, conference. No. Okay. I don't know how to make the sausage. I don't know what goes into the sausage, but I do know how to build a football team. I've been doing this for 50 plus years. <laughs> that oh. is, um, well, okay, cool. He doesn't know how to make the sausage, but he knows how to make sure. That is, uh, that is so frustrating. I think, though, that speaks to what we talked about earlier. You're the owner of the team. You are not the coach. Like, hire coaches, let them do the thing. You should not be involved in, quote-unquote, building the team. That is literally not your job. Yeah. I, I, 
I was gonna name it halfway there, but I like I'm gonna like I think I have to rename it. How does the sauce? I know I don't know how the sausage gets made. Like oh my god! <laughs> Thank, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy, for the great that great title. Awful. Awful. To... He he he's an owner who gets off um who gets off really nicely because there are worse owners than him. But he's a bad owner too. I know that uh, we like to you know kill the Haslam's and and then Tepper is the new the new target. But man, Ursay has been involved in shit as well. Yeah, I, I I only kill. Well, the Snyder's are an easy target. I only yep. who, who's the other who's the other who's the other one you said before Tepper? Haslam's. Um, I had a uh, Haslam's. Yeah. Oh, I only say Haslam's for the way they handle the Watson stuff. That's my only thing. Yep. It's just that's weird. They're, that it's just so weird. Haslam has been. He's another one who's been a little too involved in the past. Of yes. Of like you think about the fact that he stepped in and had them draft Johnny Manziel, even though everyone else wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, why are you involved? Like that's just not your job, but. It's your team, so I guess it's technically your job. Uh, I don't know. And my one with David Tepper is I think he's just so obsessed with getting a quarterback and the fact that he gave Matt Rule all that money is just putting him into a bad position. Yeah. Um, we'll see who ends up owning the commanders. I still feel like it's going to be for sale. I know Robert Griffin III has that like minority uh, minority ownership stake that he's going for with a bunch of investors. I think he's got like three yeah. or 400 million. But this team is still going to sell for a lot, a lot of money. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. But uh, my thing with Ramondre Stevenson as well, it's like you have a running back of Damian Harris's prowess, but he can play like a James White as well. He's literally yep. like a sweet feet 2.0. Let's go. Yep. I bet I, like a better term. I, I like that. I like that a lot. I think he does He does a lot of things really well, um, and he can still run the football very well. He's the kind of player that is going to eventually push out. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I think Damian Harris is going to be gone anyway just because oh, I, I think so here. And uh, they're just not paying him. The, he's probably going to get six or seven million dollars, and that's a little much to pay on a running back. We kind of they kind of signaled that by drafting Kevin Harris and and you know Pierre Strong this past spring. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those things where you can take your time developing those guys, and you can go ahead and let Damian walk because Ramondre Stevenson is an every down back, and that's just what you need in the NFL. Yeah, I, I I started saying that like once I noticed some Roger Stevenson was getting more of the reps, and I know a lot of people for fantasy too. They're coming to me. They're like, "Oh, I took Harris. Why is he doing anything?" And I'm like, "You should have taken Ramondre." I was on <laughs> you took Ramondre. The wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, like even last year too, people were on Ramondre Stevenson, and I'm like, uh, "You should have done that." Patriots redshirt their uh, running backs freshman yep. year, but yep. I still think next year. Look, Ramondre is going to be RB one. Uh, I'm probably I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I didn't buy one when I was there, but next Patriots jersey I guess probably going to be number thirty eight. But uh, that's fun. That's a fun jersey pick. Yes, and also too, him having uh, two hands is a luxury. Did you know that? Did you? Yeah, know I did that? know. I did know that. <laughs> I, I read the tweets. I read the tweets. You come up a lot. <laughs> he was just showing off at that point. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. At this point, he doesn't even need two hands. He's just showing off. <laughs> it's the two things I've remembered from you recently most was that, and then your podcast from last week where you're talking about all these different dances when you like you learn one, you have oh to learn another. When you learn one, you have to learn another. That's like mid two thousands hip hop for you, right there. Oh like, my gosh, yes! It was every yeah. week there was a new dance, and I'm like, brother, I can't learn all these dances. What are we doing? <laughs> so what you're saying is you're not going to be a TikTok dancer in the future. There's never, no like never, never. There's no route. <laughs> There's no route to that. <laughs> oh, oh, I just I had to throw that out there because I like listened to that, and you were like saying some <laughs> stuff, and you were just like, oh, it was just it was funny. It was oh my god, it was that, and then there was another. Uh, there's like I said. Folks, if you want a great Twitter follow for, for even podcasts or even for – if you like to go down the video game route, follow my boy McGarvin here. He knows the stuff. It. I appreciate it. Fo- football, football, hip-hop, 
even some video game content. I just like having your fun, guy. man. Yeah. <laughs> I just enjoy having a good talk. And, and that's what this podcast is all about. I still can't oh, believe I'm – yeah, I've got nine more episodes to go, and then I'm, that one becomes a two, baby. That's all i got to say about me. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm, yes. I hope I'm back for more of these. You will be back. That's the thing. I have my roster that I go to. There's people that I like to grab. There's some other Patriot uh, Patriot people I want to get yeah. as well because I love talking. About, that's the thing. I'll talk to any Pats fan about the Pats. That's what I loved about like my time in Boston and everything like that. Or just like like being able to talk shop and also too just like being a kid in a candy store for lack of a better term. But yeah. man. You and you and I come always on. It's always fun. It always starts always with a DM. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and and like I feel like in like I know that's probably going to end on, but like that's it's just things like that make me do it because I've always said about the show because the show actually turns three in January. But I've always said this: if this leads somewhere, great. If not, I like to, I, I like fun. having fun. That's it. That is exactly that is the perfect mentality for it. Have fun, talk football, and you know what? Say some shit that might not make a whole lot of sense, but you and I get it. That's all that matters. All that matters. All that matters. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this week. We're halfway through the season. McGarvin, I feel like, you know what? Him and I are always going to be here after each month. Maybe not January. Or in January, we'll do like a full season recap. Hopefully before the playoffs. But then we're coming down to the home stretch. Um, One more question I want to actually ask you before you go. What are your plans for the bye week? Anything you're going to – Nothing at all. Um, the slate looks awful, but I'm going to watch anyway because I have a problem. So I'm going to watch. Um, every single game is terrible, including the, the we only get like one four o'clock game on CBS, and it's it's a terrible one. Um, but heck, I'm just gonna watch football, hang out. Um, I'll probably have to do some chores, uh, but yeah, that's that's a given on on the bye week. All the things that I was like, yeah, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. My wife's gonna be on my ass. She knows when the bye week is, so I'm like, all right. Cool. <laughs> But that's the thing, though, too. It's like we have literally next Sunday against the Jets, and then we don't have another Sunday game for like a month. So we have like yeah. four of our next five Sundays are literally no Patriots football on. Yep. Yeah. And I'm hopeful. I'll probably have to do some stuff, too, but I'm hopeful that I can watch all the games starting from Aksha. I want to say I want to watch the 930 game, but I feel like I'm just going to wake up and I'll like, oh, if it's on, like when it starts, and I'll like, like I'll leisurely tune it, turn it on. I'm yeah. not going to be like going out of my way. I have to watch this game. It's cool that it's in Munich, though. That's one thing I'll say. Cool yeah, it's in Germany. All those 9.30 games are, like, a fun luxury. The only thing is, like, I only remember they're on at, like, 10.30. I'm like, oh, shit, the game. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the same thing, too. I'll wake up, and I'll be like, oh, I wonder how the game is. And I'm like, oh, okay, or okay. And at the same time, too, we watch the football. I'll be watching, I'll be sp- spending my Sunday with Scott Hansen, hopefully, for most of it. Why? Because, like we said, we, we, we have a problem. We have, we a, have problem. a problem. <laughs> yeah. And for folks who like to make plans on Sunday, I have one word for you. Stop it. Um... <laughs> That's just something I like to say because I'm like, I get 18 Sundays a year. That's all I ask for. 18. That's it. That's all I ask for. And then you get me for six months. You get me for six and a half months. Which, um, also, that's the other thing I was going to say too about the NFL. And I still believe this. So I want to get your take on it. I think that's somewhere we're going to get an 18th game. I still think it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think they, um, I think that's definitely going to happen. And I think it's, it'll be good because the whole odd number thing really irks me. Um, and I think it's probably going to bother them as well. So I, I, I agree. I think we're going to end up with an 18th game as well. I still feel like we're going to get an 18th game, and then we're going to get um, – what was the other thing? We're going to get an 18th game, and we're going to get eight teams from each conference in the playoffs. That is way too many, but I can see it um, just yeah. for, from a money perspective. But I think that's way too many. But, yeah, I can see it. Well, I'd, I'd ask you this because I don't know how much of a college guy you are, but would you rather see an 18 playoff for each conference or would you rather see a 12-team college football playoff? 
I'd rather see the 12 team college football because I think four is way too little. Um, and if our only options are four or 12, then I guess I'll take 12. But I think there are, I think it's weird that there are, you know, five power conferences uh, and only four teams make a playoff. So one of those conferences always gets left out. I think that's just so strange. Um, I'd rather see six, but that doesn't seem to be an option right now. So four or 12, I guess we can go 12. I feel like with that one, it's either, it's like, it's like, say, if you're giving someone a cake right now, the slice is too small. You can give them a slice that's just right, but then it's like you're going to give them a fat a, slice of yeah, cake. Yeah, too big slice, you, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get too big of a slice where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want it this much. And then, But at the same time, yep. too, it's more it's more money, and you're probably going to see Alabama, when they're good, completely dog walk some random team that has no business yep. being in there. Yep. But, um, but no, I, I just say that for the NFL because I'm like – and also, too, so that the Super Bowl the next day is President's Day so that it's actually a holiday. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that this past year. That was annoying. Having it the week before President's Day, I'm like, no, 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 just push it another week, please. Because the whole getting up after the Super Bowl, Super Bowl goes until like 1130 at night. Everyone's already out. Everyone's been out and drinking. It is like one of the biggest party party days of the year. And then you have us going to work, you know, first thing in the morning, like, get out of here. Vacation days exist for a reason, my friend. That's very true. That's very yes. True. Yes, it is. Well, anyway, folks, that's going to wrap it up here. Episode number 191 in in the books. I've been tuning too many of these. Sometimes I lose count, but it's all good. Anyway, guys, we got two more of these this week. So by the end of the week, we'll be at 193. I'll see you guys later. McGarvin, it's been a pleasure as always. As always, see you next. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.